Everything's inspired by the teachings. I was Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder of Chari of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. I want to talk today about bringing life to life. Too often we're trying to get worth out of what we do, how well we perform, am I a good enough mother, am I talented enough, strong enough, successful enough. We think if we just work harder, outperform our co-worker, outdress our friend, outdrive our neighbor, then we'll feel good about ourselves. We live in this proving mode with this need to impress. The problem is, when you live like that, you're getting your value from the wrong place. If you don't know who you are, which is a child of the Most High God, then you're going to spend your energy trying to get other people to validate you. But when you're secure in who Krishna made you to be, when you're comfortable with your gifts, you're content with your looks, you're happy with your personality, then you don't go around competing with others, jealous of a friend who's more talented, living to impress that cousin who's more attractive. You know you're one of a kind, a masterpiece, unique, made in the image of God. You've all heard it said, too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. You don't need their applause. Them validating you is not going to move you any further towards your destiny. Them cheering you on is nice on one level, but if they quit doing it, the problem is then you start feeling devalued, not good enough. You think then you have to work harder, do more to impress them. You see what's happening here? A treadmill, doing all the work, but not getting anywhere. Our job is not to change people's mind. Our job is to run our own race. Don't get your value from people. Get your value from Krishna or God. Anytime we're trying to prove something, the root cause is insecurity. Our value should come from who we are, not what we do or what we have. I think you all agree with me. We live in a wonderful world. Look to the east and see the sunrise and to the west, the sunset. We may listen to the song of birds and the whisper of the wind. Go out in the springtime into the orchard or the flower garland. Smell the fragrance of lilac, the aroma of moss on a mountain rock. We observe the seasons as they change. Feel the shifting moods of day and night. Experience the melancholy of rain, the peace of a twilight, or the expectant hush of a dawn. We may lift our eyes and look at the stars, the galaxies, and the depth of space. Behold the mystery of wonder of light in the dawn. Travel to distant places and see mountains, seas, jungles, fertile plains of growing grain. Yes, it's out there. A wonderful, wonderful world that we live in. But can I tell you, there's an even more wonderful world and it exists within. That is the world of who we are the world of the inner heart, the world of the deepest hunger and longing, the world of the highest aspirations and dream, 
a world of struggles and quests, the world of feelings often too deep for words. The human body is wonderful. It's got systems, checks, balances, thermostats, controls, and communication devices, but we're not talking about the body today. We're talking not of the body you have, nor of the world in which you live, but of the world who you are. A world of joy, sorrow, pleasure, and pain. The inner world where great emotions surge and ebb like ocean tides. A world of deep awareness where profound sensibilities lie. One devotee declared, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He wasn't thinking of bodily parts of stomach, lungs, or pituitary glands. He was thinking of all that happens in the inner world during a lifetime of years. Remember the rosy glow of childhood with its fancies and fairies, and then the slow dawning of insight and growing pains, the romance of early adulthood, reachings and yearnings, the search for identity, the realization of love and struggle. Then there's the adventure of the creative years, the nostalgia of advancing age. And through it all, there's laughter, tears, and there's the intricate crisscross of lights and shadows that form their ever-changing patterns over the landscape of our swiftly passing years. Yes, folks, it's a wonderful world within. Feeling its wonder, the devotee in great amazement spoke to his soul, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Think about that phrase, all that is within me. How much is that actually? Who knows really? Tuesday a week ago, we celebrated the appearance day of a baby boy who was born in Calcutta, September 1st, 1896. He was born the son of an obscure cloth merchant named Gore Mohande without special privileges in humble circumstances, not at all exalted from society's viewpoint. What was in him, who in the future became known as Bhaktivedanta Swami, Prabhupada to his loving followers. After retiring from family life at the age of 59, he spent nine years in the holy village of Vrindavan, living in a small room at the Radhadamadar temple, translating and commenting on books in the bhakti tradition. What was in him? I doubt if any of his neighbors or associates or friends suspected or even imagined. Ten years later in 1965, Following the order of his spiritual master, Bhakti Siddhanta, he boarded a freighter bound for America. It was said of him at one point by Time magazine, quote, as the founder of ISKCON, Prabhupada emerged as a major figure of Western counterculture initiating thousands of young Americans. He was criticized by anti-cult groups, but was well regarded by religious scholars who praised his translations and defended the group against distorted media images and misinterpretations. Religious leaders from other Gaudiya Vaishnava traditions have also given him great credit 
for his achievements. He has been described as a charismatic leader who is successful in acquiring followers in many countries, including the United States, Europe, and India. His mission was to propagate throughout the world Gaudiya Vaishnavism, a school of bhakti that had been taught to him by his guru, Bhakti Sananta. The Time Magazine article goes on. After his death in 1977, ISKCON, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, which he founded, continued to grow. In June of 2021, ISKCON's news agency reported reaching a milestone of 820 temples worldwide and having distributed over 750 million of his books in 87 languages. His translations and commentaries on the Bhagavad Gita, entitled The Bhagavad Gita As It Is, is considered by ISKCON adherents and many Vedic scholars as the finest bona fide translation of Vaishnav literary works. Now, here's our point. For more than 70 years, who could have guessed at the greatness that was in Prabhupada? No one would have ever known it was there had it not come out. But it did. Prophet often joked, better late than never. And sometimes with some people it comes out and sometimes with other people it doesn't. But it's always there, this wonderful world of the inner heart. Here's a thought. Nothing out there has any meaning until it means something in here. Here, the inner, is the ultimate proving ground of all values. Things are of no worth in and of themselves. Like the foam that the waves generate on the beach. Things are worthless unless they add to the world within, unless they become instruments to add content, quality, enrichment, power, and wellsprings of peace. Who sees me everywhere and everything, I also see him. He is a friend to me, and I am a friend to him. Bhagavad Gita, 6th chapter, 30th verse. Echoing that same spirit, Thomas Gray wrote, Many a rose blooms to blush unseen and waste its fragrance on the desert air. The rose is a thing without worth unless it serves to remind the human spirit about yam shaimasundarma chinta rupam, about the beauty of Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Krishna talks about the things of this external world insofar as they can incite or trigger the inner Krishna consciousness. Several verses in the seventh chapter. O conqueror of wealth, Arjuna, there is no truth superior to me. Everything rests on me as pearls are strung on a thread. I am the taste of water, the light of the sun and the moon, the syllable Om in the Vedic mantras. I am the sound in ether and the ability in man. O son of Prita, know that I am the original seed of all existence, the intelligence of the intelligence and the prowess of all powerful men. A treasure of sunsets, fortune and starlight. These pass away. They come and go in waste if there is no 
human spirit for which they cannot be translated into Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare. As the whole universe is dark and dead without the sun and the sunshine, so this body is useless without the presence of the soul from which comes consciousness. Krishna knows where his light of knowledge and love is needed most, where it will do the most good, where it will make the most difference. So he beams his light into our darkness, revealing the beauty that's inside each and every one of us. And if we don't catch that light of Godhead in our heart, there'll always be a voice saying, you don't measure up. You need to be stronger, skinnier, taller, wealthier, more talented, a better mother. It's very liberating when you understand you have nothing to prove. You don't have to prove to others that you're good enough. All you have to do is walk in your own anointing. You don't have to keep up with other people. If you're getting your value of how you measure up to your peers, Am I as talented as my coworker? Am I as successful as my cousin? Then you're going to live in this proving mode, working harder, trying to impress. There's a never-ending cycle. Our encouragement tonight is get off that treadmill. You got nothing to prove. You don't have to be better than your neighbor, more talented than your friend, skinnier than your cousin. It's not your race. You're not competing with them. You're competing with yourself. Be the best version of yourself that you can be. Let me ask you tonight, in what light do you see your life? Do you see yourself? Unfortunately, for many, many, many people, life is seen in a tiny pinpoint and that very, very dim heard a story about the small son of a storekeeper who sat by the window one night with his mom looking at the evening stars and they were talking about heaven. The little fellow asked his mother, mom, will I go to heaven? She said, yes. And the little boy said, will you? She said, yeah, she would too. It was a long silence. And then the child said, but daddy won't, will he? Why do you say that, his mother said. And the little boy sadly answered, because daddy won't be able to get away from the store. That little boy knew something profound about his dad, that his dad was living with a limited vision. He was living his life in a tiny pinpoint of light when he could have been basking in the full sunlight of the soul. We all see our lives in the light of something. Sadly, that life is often not big enough, or bright enough, or expansive enough. There are many dim, perverted, twisted views of life going around. I think you'll agree with me. To some, life is just biological. Man is just an animal, a beast, resourceful and imaginative, but a beast nonetheless. To others... Life is without point, purpose, or goal. And yet others, life is a predetermined product of circumstance. Nothing more. 
Krishna, the supreme personality of Godhead, from whom everything material and spiritual emanates, is saying to you tonight, your life is unlimited, eternal, oceanic. Why? Because you're a child of the most high God. You have his DNA. You have royal blood flowing through your veins. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare. Normally we say something is brought to light. And that means it's brought up out of concealment and set into clear view. It's brought up out of the basement, so to speak, into the clear, bright light of day. For instance, a fact is said to have been brought to light in a court testimony. A situation is brought to light by some investigative reporting. The immortal words of Krishna to Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, the song of God, put the floodlights on the soul, bringing life to light from where we had it buried. We had it concealed beneath a mountain of things beneath our preoccupation with small ideas and unworthy values. We had it wrapped in trifles, covered with pettiness and ego. We had bludgeoned it down into the dark. But Krishna brought the soul up from where we had covered it. Krishna would illuminate the soul in the bright sunlight, transcendental knowledge. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hari Hari. Hari Rama, Hari Rama. Rama, Rama, Hari Hari. If you're competing in a race that you're not supposed to be in, you're going to live frustrated. Some of you ladies, and I say this respectfully, you could not eat for three years and still not be a size six. Why are you competing in a race that was never designed for you? What are you trying to prove? And if you get small enough, strong enough, successful enough, then you'll start feeling good about yourself. Get out of that race. You can feel good about yourself right now, right where you are. You're in a class all on your own. When Krishna made you, he threw away the mold. And then he stepped back and said, he was good. She's good. Another masterpiece. He put his DNA on you. Krishna has brought life up to the light through Bhagavad Gita, his immortal words of the Song of God. Now try to see your life in the full, bright light of the soul. Try to see yourself as Krishna, your creator, sees you and made you full, creative, powerful, well-able, one-of-a-kind, a masterpiece. Some things you never find out as long as you take a worm's eye view of what they are. Some things you can only understand in the full light of the noonday sun. That's a time when you can see everything clearly and totally. You will never get a clear view of who you are if you'll turn your back on the light and cast yourself in shadow. Some people are so preoccupied with their problems they're not even thankful for being alive. One man said to his friend, that's an awful cough you got. His friend answered, maybe so, but 
down at the morgue this morning, I saw a half a dozen fellows that would really like to have it. And when you see life in the full dimension of all that it is, then no matter what your problems are, you're going to be glad just for the gift of life. And the best way that I know to see life full size is to see it in the light of chanting the holy names of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya Lila, 22nd verse, 31st chapter. Krishna Surya Sama, Maya Haya Andara Yahan Krishna, Tahan Nahya, Maya Arikara. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Godhead is light, nescience is darkness. Where there is Godhead, there is no nescience. And this material world is dark by nature where everything and everyone is ignorant for the most part of spiritual life. But by bhakti yoga, by the clear light of Krishna consciousness, this darkness and ignorance is dissipated just like the morning fog is dissipated by the rising sun. Kechit kevala bhakti vasudeva agam niharam eva bhaskara. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. People who can't understand this are really no better than animals. People who live like animals have not yet discovered their own divinity. They grab and grasp and claw like animals. They take food like animals with never a word of thanks. They take sex like animals just wherever it's available. They push and shove like animals no matter who gets hurt. Their life expression is physical and biological as if there is nothing more than that. Can I tell you there is so much more. We live in vast dimensions of goodness and power of meaning love. We can range across broad spaces of thought and feeling. But too much, unfortunately, we make prisoners of ourselves as though we had tied ourselves to a stake somewhere with a very short rope. Anybody out there not like to be someone special? Well, you are already someone special. Start to see yourself as originating in the world of light. Put yourself in that picture. Think of yourself as part of that world, the world of Krishna's intimate, internal potencies. And then live in the light of that. I don't know of any better starting place for living than when we realize who we are and whose we are. If you're keeping the Lord first place by regularly chanting his holy names, you're never going to have to make this journey alone. He'll be in every step you take. Though you may stumble, he will hold you steady. When you fall, he will be there to pick you up again. When you're weary, he'll be strong. When you stop for sleeping, you can trust him to stay awake. He'll still be there to take your hand again when the morning light calls you to go on. Krishna did not create us to get stuck where we are. Krishna has given us the ability to become Prabhupada is the best example. Being born of a humble family, he grew up as one of millions in the teeming city of Calcutta, but he became the greatest ambassador of the spiritual world and the savior of millions of disenchanted youth. Resident in the human heart, Krishna has embedded an irrepressible urge to become. 
The poet wrote that God has put an upward reach into the heart of man. Sometimes people squelch the urge, brutally bludgeon it and beat it down. Sometimes they pervert it, distort it, send it off in directions it was never meant to go. But Krishna knows the urge is there. Why? Because he put it there. I heard a story of a sculpture. He worked many weeks on a block of marble, carving a bust of Abraham Lincoln. It was a delightful black lady who was employed to clean and care for his studio. And she watched day after day after day as the head and then the shoulders. And finally, the facial features of Lincoln emerged. And when the bust was almost finished, she said to the sculptor, how come you knew Mr. Lincoln was in that block of marble? Well, a sculptor knows nothing about his marble that Krishna doesn't know about us. He knows who's in there. He also knows who we can become. As long as we're talking about sculptures, I heard that Michelangelo one day was walking along an Italian street with a friend when they came upon a block of stone which was left aside by the workmen from a construction project. Michelangelo paused and walked around the stone, looked at it carefully, touched it here and there and said, there is an angel in that stone and I must bring it out. Krishna knows about stones, Krishna knows about angels and he's forever working to bring the angels out of our stone-like hearts. Interesting fact, when Grandma Moses was at the age of 70, you might have thought that her life was done. But you would have been wrong, because after the age of 70, she became one of the most widely known landscape painters of all time. Winston Churchill was already 65 and retired from public life when World War II started and he answered the call of his country, became the Prime Minister and one of the most effective leaders in world history. Now, you may not become a Winston Churchill, a Grandma Moses, or a Prabhupada, but let me tell you something. Whatever your age, your limitations, your struggles, your problems, your health, your background or status, tonight I'm pointing you to a wide open door. I'm pointing you to a high road that leads to summits with unlimited horizons. And I announce to you that most wonderful privilege of power that anyone could ever have is already yours. That whatever else you may or may not become, this you can, a child of the most high God. It is said that as many receive him, to them he gives the power to become. And I grant you, some things must always be exactly what they are. A pebble by a roadside is just a stone. Time and weather may change its shape a little bit, but it's still just a stone and it'll always be a stone. But not so with you who were made in the image of God. You can become. If a man can fall as he did and does, he can also climb. If he could reach for the forbidden fruit, he could also reach for the hand of God. If he can sin, he can also repent and chant Hare Krishna. If he can wander away as an exile, he could also come home. You can become. Never forget this fact about yourself. Never lose it in the rubble of lesser things. Live in the light of your becoming. I say this with humility, but I'm a masterpiece. 
I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm equipped, empowered, anointed, and improved. You have to get your value from who you are and not what you do or what you have. Some things you may become only for a little while. Some achievements are indeed very temporary. You become physically strong and time will rest away your strength. You become materially rich and death will take the riches away, but become a child of God. This you can be forever. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Our question is, why are you trying to prove to people who you are when Krishna has already said he's well pleased with you? Why are you spending time and energy to impress your neighbor? Prove to that person who walked away that you're really okay. Show to that coworker that you're talented. You're not supposed to live striving, stressed, competing. Get off that treadmill and rest in who God made you to be. Run your race, focus on your goals and keep the right motives. If you do this, I believe you're gonna live freer. You're gonna see Krishna's favor in greater ways. You're gonna accomplish dreams, overcome obstacles. You're going to become all that you were created to be in this life and next life. You're gonna go back to home, back to God. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama Rama, Hari, Hari.